Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. The peace of Christ be with you. We welcome you to First Baptist Church. It is good to be with you, whether that's on Zoom or YouTube Live or here in the sanctuary. It's wonderful to to see your faces and to be together in this way so that we might worship God together. Also, happy Father's Day to to all you men out there. Uh, A couple of announcements before we begin worship. So when it's raining outside, we will obviously not do the children's Sunday school out on the playground. So that's not happening today. But we do have children's time happening in worship for the first time in a very, very long time, well over a year. And Skip will be leading that this morning. And so when we begin singing that first hymn, My Faith Has Found a Resting Place, when we get to that last verse... If you want to send your kids up for the children's sermon, that would be the time to do it, and they'll just come hang out here, and Skip will be there just like, like they're used to. They probably haven't forgotten how to do that. But I probably have forgotten how to read one of these bulletins. This is the first time we've had kind of the old bulletin in a really long time, so I will try and pay attention. So let us pass the piece now with, with each other. So... Harper, if you can give us the uh, gallery up here, and if all of you here will say hello to the folks at home and folks at home, if you'll wave. There are quite a few of them that don't have their cameras on this morning, which is totally fine, but we're grateful to be together in this way. So now may we turn our hearts and minds to the worship of God, and John Spinks will transition us into worship. Let us join together for the call to worship. In the midst of life's storms, God is there. In the darkness and terror, God is with us. Rise up, people of God, for you are loved and forgiven. Amen.
Let us pray. All-powerful God, we gather here today to give you thanks and praise your, gen your greatness and praise your mighty works. We are thankful for your many blessings. Your power is limitless. Your wisdom is unparalleled. Your grace is overwhelming. Your love never failing. You promise to never leave us, but we feel so small when we come to you. Your power cannot be contained. Your love cannot be measured. We know this in our heads, but our hearts sometimes forget, and that's when we begin to fear and doubt. Your word promises that love casts out all fears, and there is no greater love than yours. Help us to grow in faith and trust, and now let us worship you in, in spirit and in truth. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. One more time in the congregational help. I'll go, hi, girls and boys. And you say, hi, Mr. Skip. Hi, girls and boys. Hi. And welcome to the children's time. It is so good to be with you today. Hi. Okay. I brought along a red shoelace 
And we're going to talk about shoelaces, dad, and Jesus. What do those all have in common? You know, when I was a little kid growing up, I was wearing shoes that didn't need any shoelaces, and then I got older and I said, hey, I want shoes with shoelaces, and mom and bought some for me, and dad showed me how to tie them. Yeah, and so I got really good at tying my shoelaces. I could tie that shoelace, and it would stay in my shoes maybe oh, a little while, and then it would fall out. And then I'd tie it again. And sure enough, it would last all day long. But don't you know it, when I was at school on the playground, one of those laces just leaped right through that loop like that. And the other one went right through that loop like that. And when it was time for me to go to bed, what did I have in my shoelaces when I tried to untie them? A big old knot. Yeah. And so I called Dad. I said, Dad, can you help me? Because I couldn't get the knot out. And he just took it out for me just like that. Yeah. Sometimes in our life, we get a knot in our life, too, when we do something bad, you know? Tell a story, take something that's not ours. You know what I mean. And who do you call then? You call on Jesus, right? Because he takes your sins away just like that. Let's take a look and see, okay, how Jesus would take that knot out instead of Dad. Dad untied that knot. But you know what Jesus does is he uses his love with us. That's right. And there's that big old knot right there. And he just puts his loving hands around us just like that and says, it is now gone. You see, when you believe and ask Jesus for his help, he's there to remove your knots. Isn't that great? Yeah. So put your hands together, bow your heads, and say with me, Dear God, Thank you for daddies, and thank you for Jesus. We love you both. Amen. Join me as we read responsively Psalms 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. From the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy winds, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their calamity. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out from their distress. 
Then they were glad because they had quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people. Our next scripture reading comes from 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 13. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have committed ourselves in every way through great endurance in afflictions, <coughs> hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the right hand and the power of God with the weapons of the righteous in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors 
and yet we are true, as unknown, and yet we are well known, as dying, and see we are alive, as punished, and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, <coughs> and having nothing, and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak to you as children. Open wide your hearts also. This is the word of the Lord. I will be reading from the book of Mark, 
chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The word of the Lord. A couple of weeks ago, I posed that old question that you would often find on a young person's bracelet, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And we talked about how that's a really good question, and yet sometimes it can be kind of difficult to answer that question because Jesus does some things that are, that are a bit unexpected. For example, uh, I remember some folks, whenever that question would be posed, what would Jesus do? They would say, well, turning the tables over in the temple is not out of question. That could be one thing that he would do, right? And I think I would add to that, what would Jesus do? Well, he might take a nap in the boat in the middle of a raging storm when it looks like the ship is about to go under. You've got to admit that is in the realm of possibility when you ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Because that's what the text precisely says that he does. And I also talk a lot about how hard it is to follow Jesus, and it is. It's a hard deal to follow Jesus, and anyone who says it isn't, has, they've obviously not read the Gospels. But this time, it's not that hard. Take a nap. Take a nap, and you're following Jesus, even if it's not on a boat in the middle of the storm. In fact, um, I'll kind of throw out a little Father's Day nod to all the gentlemen out there. Go home and take a nap today. And if you get in trouble for that, look, I'm just trying to do what Jesus did. That's all I'm trying to do. He took a nap. I mean, I'm taking a nap. It's very holy and sacred. And there, it is, in fact. There's some research that would, that would bear that out, uh, that naps are, are quite good for you. Also, if you, if you wanted other evidence about napping and the, the, the sort of sacred benefits of that, you could turn to the Old Testament and you could bring Elijah into the question. 
because when Elijah had upstaged the prophets of Baal and, and Queen Jezebel gets a bit mad and she uh, sends out orders to execute him, Elijah flees into the wilderness and he is in a very dark place and he, he has this prayer, I don't even want to live, Lord. And the Lord gives him a nap and a snack and then another nap and a snack and he is renewed and he heads off into the wilderness and flees those who are coming after him. So there's a good New Testament text and an Old Testament text and, and, and all this medical research. So go take a nap. Now, one thing about the research that I find troublesome is that they say the nap should only be for 10 to 20 minutes. That's just kind of nodding off. That's not a nap. And they also say it should be before 3 o'clock or it'll mess up your rhythm of sleep at night. And I don't know about that. I, I don't take naps very often, but Sunday afternoons that are rainy, that's a really good time to take one, don't you think? And I think you could take those 10-minute naps that you miss throughout the week and add them together and at least get like an hour. Now, this sermon really isn't about napping, I'll have to say. The text is obviously really not about napping. This is not really one of those go and do likewise kinds of text. Napping is beside the point. But the disciples indeed want to know why is Jesus napping? Especially when they think the ship is about to go down. The text says that the great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. I mean, water is starting to come into the boat. We know that at least four of the disciples were fishermen. Maybe seven of them, maybe more. There are several of them that we don't really know their occupation about, what their occupation was. But, but the point being is there were a lot of fishermen on the boat who were well aware of the storms that can pop up on the Sea of Galilee. You know they have been through storms before out on the sea, so this must have been a really rough one. And so they're probably a little perturbed. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? I mean, you're down here asleep and we're about to die. What a poignant question that is. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You, you could even shorten that question up just a bit. Lord, do you not care? That's a question that we are all familiar with. Things are going wrong here, Lord. We're just barely keeping our head above water. We're not sure how much more of this we can take. Things are really, really hard. Lord, do you, do you not care? Teacher, we're, 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 we're perishing here. 
We need you. We need your help. We need to be rescued. I've said it many times before, but let me just say it again. Let me be real clear. It is okay to think such things. It is okay to say such things, to even say them out loud. Where are you, Lord? Where are you? Because you see, the only person who can really ask this question, the only person who can really lament and cry out in such a way, is a person of faith. It takes faith to reach out to God when the ship is about to go down. Only one who has a trust in God can do such a thing. And if you live long enough, you will experience this kind of terror. The world is about to come apart and you're going down with it. This is one of the holy parts of being a pastor is that over time we get to know each other. I get to know you I get to hear your stories. I get to hear where you have been. And some of you have gone through this. Some of you still going through it. The ship has gone down. The nightmare has become a reality. It's been really, really hard and rough and tragic. And yet... And yet, you are still here. Somehow you manage to put one foot in front of the other and to keep going. Yes, you are wounded. Yes, you will never be the same. But somehow, some way, you are still here. And the truth is, you know what that somehow and what that some way, you know who that is. That's Jesus. And Jesus did not abandon you. Even when things went horribly wrong, It wasn't easy. It's still not easy. But in the midst of the storm, in the midst of loss, Jesus stayed with you, and eventually, somehow, some way, Jesus began to calm the wind just a bit. And the waves began to slow down just a bit. Some days the wind whips up again and the waves churn up. And it's been hard. Still hard. But the grace of God has sustained you. Jesus wakes up from his nap and he says to the wind and he says, to the water. Be still. 
And they are. The wind ceases. The water now calm and glassy. The NRSV says that the disciples are filled with great awe. But a more literal translation could have put it this way. They feared a great fear. That's really what it literally says. They feared a great fear. I think, I think the disciples are probably even more afraid now than they were during the storm. <laughs> who is this, they say? Uh, who, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Can you imagine that? I mean, can you, can you imagine that? The wind, the waves, Jesus says, stop. They stop. I, I can't imagine what that would have been like. I can't imagine the relief and the terror. What? Who is this one? Now, I don't want to sound cliche, and I never want to diminish anyone's suffering because storms are real and they are hard. And they are tragic. But I want to remind all of us that this one named Jesus stopped the wind and the waves. This one named Jesus rose from the dead. And this one named Jesus loves us and knows us and doesn't forsake us or forget us and doesn't give up on us. This is the God that we love and serve. And I know that life is, is hard. And I know we are still in the midst of this hard, strange time. It's also a hard day for churches. Right? Just, just, if you just read all the literature out there, you look at the research, churches are struggling, churches are declining too often, people's commitments to, to the local church are just sort of watered down, right? I guess the waves have come over the boat and it's just sort of, well, if there's nothing else to do, I might do that. You know this and I know this. We know these are difficult days and there will be difficult days ahead, but we also know that we worship and serve the one who calms the wind and the waves. We serve a mighty God. And this God, this God is not through with us. This God is not through with us. Amen.
As we begin to pray together, may we take a few moments of silence to simply be still and to be aware of the presence of the one who calms the wind and the waves. Let's be still together. We are so grateful, Lord, for your faithfulness. We confess that too often we are fickle, and yet you are faithful. We know you will not Abandon us. You will not forsake us. You will not leave us. We thank you for this community of people called First Baptist Church of Tryon. For it is through this body that we most often experience your faithfulness and your love and your goodness. Because it's in this body where your love is made flesh again. When we bear each other's burdens. When we share the joys. When we live life together. Help our living, O oh Lord, to be a re faithful reflection of your goodness and your mercy in this world. For we are all broken and wounded and hurting people and we need each other and we need you. Help us to be that kind of community where those who can, where those who are hurting can come to find healing and hope. We pray especially for those who need your healing and your hope on this day. And I invite those of you here in the sanctuary, if you want to offer the names of those who need healing and hope, if you'll offer those names and then I'll say it again so that everyone can hear it, you may do so now. Edna Cox. Edna Cox. Ed Britton. Ed Britton. Alyssa Willeman. The family of Quinton Weber. Julian and Betty Fincher. Susan McHugh. Susan McHugh. Mike Smith. Griffin Smith. And for those of you at home, if you would unmute yourself, you may offer the names of those aloud now. Joe and Rita Smith. And now if you're at home, if you would unmute yourself and here in the sanctuary and we'll all join our voices together and pray in the way that Christ has taught us.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It has been good to worship with you and sing with you and pray with you. It has been good to be together in this way. I want to remind you that next week we have this same schedule. We do uh, worship on Zoom. Worship on, hold on. We do Sunday school. I need that nap. That's what I need. I, we do Sunday school at 10 on Zoom like we've normally done, and then we worship either here in person or on Zoom at 11. And then in July, we go back to what has been our regular our tradition for some time in July, and that is in July, we, have, we do not have Sunday school. And instead of worshiping at 11, we worship at 10. So we'll be here at 10 o'clock, and, and you can join us in person, or you can join us via Zoom, and then you can beat everyone to the restaurant. Um, you can get there really early or to the parkway or wherever it is that uh, you need to be. But we hope that uh, July serves as a, a bit of a sabbatical for everyone. And then we come back in August uh, with the schedule that we're on right now. And then in September, it's a regular, normal schedule with in-person Sunday school and Bible study and all the things that were happening before COVID happened after COVID. And I should say very clearly a word of thank you to Phil Scoggins and to Don Batts who have taught so faithfully our Sunday school lessons over these 15, 16 months. Thank you all for that. Um, so you deserve a little rest in July. And thank all of you for your patience, for your generous giving and your generous spirit. I am very grateful for that. And um, thank you. It's just good to be together. So let us now uh, stand for the benediction. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. I, I really apparently do need that nap because I had this nice long prayer for Father's Day that I totally left out of my prayer earlier. But I will say to all you fathers and all you men of the church, we are, we are grateful for your presence and for your support and your love. And if you're here on Zoom, stick around and catch up with each other and um, go in peace. Have a great week. <laughs>